Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned in to the greatest fantasy football podcast in your phones right now. Uh, this is Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? We starting today's episode out in New York. Now, for all y'all who may not be as tuned into the NFL right now, maybe you have your notifications turned off. Uh, Saquon Barkley and also other guys like Josh Jacobs have uh, they haven't signed their ten million dollar franchise tag tender yet, so they're basically allowed to skip all of training camp without getting fined since they are technically not under contract. Now they would lose game checks if they miss regular season games, but as we know, the regular season is inflated to start until September. And as of right now, it looks like we're probably due for our annual holdout. There always seems to be a big name player who's, you know, looking to hold out for more money. And right now, I think Saquon's doing that and he deserves more money, in my personal opinion. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that he does. And I mean, if Josh Jacobs is on the same boat, I mean, more power to him as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at what he was able to do last year on a prove it year, Mm -hmm. he definitely deserves to get paid. Those were two of the best backs in the league when you talk about Saquon Barkley and also Josh Jacobs in uh, Las Vegas. Now, on today's episode, we're going to not only cover the Giants, but we're also going to talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, But before we dive into those other two teams, I kind of want to project Saquon Barkley because it looks like we might be headed to a future in which an Eric Gray, uh, Gary Brightwell, a Matt Breida even, may be more valuable. And Dugo, going into the season, I mean, of those three guys who are, you know, the backups in New York, who do you think has the best shot to maybe uh, absorb some of that value that Saquon might leave on the table? Well, I'm going to just keep it a buck. Like, I I feel like if Saquon doesn't sign, I, I could definitely see them possibly getting into the Delvin Cook sweepstakes. You think so? I, I feel like there's a possibility of there. I mean, I would much rather, you know, pay a little bit extra to get Delvin Cook on my team as well mm-hmm. than have to worry about a running back in Eric Gray who, what, you got him in like the fifth round. Like, let, let, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go right away. Let me toss another name out at you. So uh, there's other guys available, too. And uh, one guy who's been available that really has gotten zero height this offseason has been Kareem Hunt. Uh, do you think the Giants would take a chance on a guy like Kareem Hunt? Possibly. But, like, when you look at it at the end of the day, yeah, he served his time and stuff. But, I mean, you're bringing that headache to one of the biggest cities in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of distractions there. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy at heart or anything. I'm just saying when you give people that sort of money in that sort of circumstance and those in that situation, 
things just kind of happen. And I'm not saying that it's an all be all if he goes in New York that he's going to make bad decisions, but it's one of those things that you got to kind of keep in the back of your mind. Like he has a he has a past. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone's perfect. I'm not perfect, but goddamn, like it's one of those things that where you're giving this guy millions of dollars, so you want to make sure that you're secured in your investment. There's guys on the. Uh, I I could see it though, bro. Like if I'm gonna keep like I guess to answer your question, like I could see it. Like if yeah, it's like, possible, he showed how many really good years in Cleveland where he didn't mm-hmm. bring up anything, and he was nothing but a great number two. Yeah. And end of the day, the Giants do need a number two because they are they have Matt Breida as their number two right now. Their backup running back are kind of mid so i mean on the off chance that you know if saquon does say fuck it i'm gonna sit out yeah i feel like kareem hunt could take that starting role for a few weeks before they get all that dust settled a couple stats on saquon barkley shout out to player profiler is last year saquon barkley amongst running backs was number two in snap share uh so that means uh you know he was just on the field more than most running backs in the nfl and he was actually sixth amongst running backs and targets so he was a part of that pass catching game right so he really did help out daniel jones a lot who they signed to a 40 something million dollar deal hey pal you just blowing from stupid town saquon was seventh amongst running backs and receptions 10th in total touchdowns and fourth in rushing yards uh that goes to say that he was probably their best offensive player and i think that that's a major hole they're gonna have to fill if it does get to a situation in which he sits out and he misses games, I think all three of those guys are going to have to split carries. And uh, Darren Waller is someone that I think could benefit from that. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, to me, I feel like Darren Waller is that wide receiver one on that team. I mean, he he's probably the most talented receiver as far as going up and being able to catch the ball and run routes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's probably at least the most consistent. One thing that, you know, you got to look for, especially with him, you know, 30 years old now, is are the injuries going to keep piling up? They've been bad, man. I mean, it's one of those things like I, I've i held him in our Dynasty League now for a couple of years. And I mean, he, when he's out there, he produces. Yeah. Like the guy should be damn near top five tight on this year. So, I mean, I'm still putting my cards in on him. I'm still putting some chips in on that stock. It's one of those things, though, where in the back of my mind, again, I'm still thinking about those injuries and, you know, what could happen. But I don't know. Coming out of last year, Darren Waller, as you said, was injured a lot. He played in nine of 17 games in 2022. And in 2021, he only played in 11 games. Right. So the last time that he was fully healthy for an entire season was 2020. And in that season, he finished the year as the tight end two in fantasy football with over 100 catches nearly 1,200 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. See, like, that's, like, the type of performance I'm hoping he's going to get this year. I think that the opportunity is there for sure because you talk about the other receivers in New York and you're talking about a rookie in Jalen Hyatt. You're talking about Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, you got guys like Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, who was making a little bit of noise in, like, uh, in the camps. And you have other guys like Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton. And Daniel Ballinger as another tight end. Like it's Wandale Robinson, I guess. Right. Uh so they have some guys who are like cool. They're like B minus C plus receivers. So Darren Waller could easily step in there and not only be a red zone target, uh, but absorb, you know, more receptions with uh Saquon maybe sacrificing a little bit of his workload in the backfield. Yes, sir. So Darren Waller is a tight end that I like a lot. I think that he has a potential to break maybe top six tight end rankings uh assuming health and he's someone that i think could probably see more targets than most tight ends not named mark andrews 
Travis Kelsey, and maybe TJ Hawkinson. Do you have uh, ADP on him currently right now as we stand middle of July? So actually, Darren Waller is projected to go off the board as the tight end six. Uh, looks like he's projected to be the 70th player taken in fantasy football, which once again, if you play in a 10-team league, means that he's going pretty much close to like the eighth round, seventh or eighth round. Uh, so that's a really great value, and I think that he could be a dog, and if he goes out there and he does what we think he could do, he could provide a tremendous value to you and your fantasy football team. So he's someone that you need to be keeping on your watch list right now. Yeah, if he's tight on six right now, I feel like his ceiling is definitely at least tight on two. Dude, do you like Wondell Robinson? No. Like, I kind of liked him last year because I thought he'd be like a PPR machine, but... Bro, it's just one of those things. Like, I just... I don't want to be that guy, but, like, just, like, those sticky... Like, those wide receivers that are, like, 5'10 and just, like, 160. Bro, like, I don't trust them in the NFL. Like, they're really cool in college. Like, there's a lot more things you can do against DBs that are, you know, lackluster, to to say the best. But, like, once you get to the NFL where, like, all these cats are actually really, really good and, Mm -hmm. you know, just, like, running a 4-3 and having decent work... Like, it's not going to get you where you want to go. He gives me, like, Scotty Miller vibes. You think Scotty Miller? He's about 5'8". I think he's, like, 179. He's probably best in the slot. Um, In terms of a 40, I think he ran, like, a 4-4-4. And, you know, he's a cool receiver. Like, when he gets his catches, he can sometimes make an explosive play happen. But he's not someone that you can pepper with 10, 11, 12 receptions per game in my opinion can you give me like an older comp like someone that's like been in the league more than like five years um i guess another comp would be like i want to say just because of size almost tyler lockett but he doesn't have that speed um i think he has that speed he just doesn't have the physicality like he doesn't have that weight like he's not able to push people around like tyler is i think at wandale's ceiling he could be potentially a tyler lockett type of player uh maybe not as many explosive plays but you know could make do with his receptions and i think that at his floor he could be a scotty miller somebody who for your fantasy football purposes is like a wide receiver four wide receiver five in a lot of seasons okay that makes sense but he's somewhere in between that it it was kind of uninspiring but hopefully this year if he's a little bit more healthy he can prove me wrong Uh, but as for the other giants pass catchers i'm not super passionate about those guys duo so you're telling not. me right now that the two people that were high on going into the season on the Giants are Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. Basically. And that almost reminds me of another team. What the fuck? That kind of reminds me of the Titans, who right now, at least for fantasy football purposes, they only seem to have two guys that I'm really interested in for fantasy. Name uh, Derrick Henry and the newest addition, DeAndre Hopkins, who just signed a two-year deal with Tennessee just a couple days ago. You want to know who I'm also interested in on this team? Are you going to say Traylon Burks? No. Tajay Spears. Tell me more. Well, for handcuff purposes, obviously, I think that it's just such a great move because with Derrick Henry, we all know that he's unfortunately aging. Aging does have an effect on people, especially running backs. And I'm not saying that Derrick Henry is going to take a significantly lesser role, but he's definitely going to probably lose like five carries a game. He's going to probably lose a decent amount of the receiving work as well. He's going to go to the boy who they just picked in the third round. Hassan Haskin already has some sort of charges this offseason, so he's not going to see the field. So I think that Tajay Spears is going to be one of those guys that you can snag in like 
what, the 11th, 12th probably, and just hold on your backfield, and you know he's going to get some sort of production this year. I don't know. I mean, right now, Tajay is going off the board in terms of ADP as the uh, 160th player in fantasy. Yeah, so that's 16th round, damn near. That's end of the that's end of your fantasy drafts, essentially. Yeah. And um, that's just what I'm saying, bro. You know, know, he got that third round draft cap, right? Right. So I know we talked about his ACL um, and how he's missing at ACL and how that could potentially scare some people. Yeah, but what I'm saying is uh, that scares me for longevity. If I'm talking this year, I think he's still going to be out going and being an absolute dog. It's just through the years, yeah, it's going to be a little bit scarier. But do you, do you think they bring Derrick Henry off the field enough for Tajay to really matter? Like I said, I think he's still going to see about five, six carries a game, I'm assuming. And, I mean, I'm not saying that every time he's going to touch the ball, it's going to be a home run, but he's going to have a lot of opportunity, I feel like. Um, and especially when you're able to get people out on the perimeter, like D-Hop, who is an absolute stud. I'm assuming he's probably going to have a top 20 wide receiver season. Some people are probably like, do go, what the hell? He's supposed to be top 15, top 10 now that he's on the Titans. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's one of those things where it's such a run-heavy team. I'm not certain he's going to get that. I don't think I'm as high on Tajay as you are. But well, I, I think he's just draftable. Like, I think that he's definitely one of those cats that if you have an opportunity, like if you have like a stacked core already and you're just looking at pieces – like, so you remember in the first year that I was in the league with y'all or whatever? Yeah. And draft went through whatever. I had a pretty solid team, but, like, there was some people that, you know, I probably reached on. And so we went back, we looked at it, and Brandon Ayuk was available. Mm-hmm. Went and picked him up. Ended up pretty much saving my league. I'm not saying that Taji Spears is like that, but he's a person who has pretty good cat for his position. And, like I'm saying, the opportunity is going to be there. I, I just feel like when they're bringing in a new OC, they're going to be running probably a little bit different scheme. I'm just saying that receiving work with this cat is going to be working a ton. Who's their OC now? I'm not sure exactly who it is, but I know that after that old one got the DUI and they didn't finish in the playoffs, that so he got fired. But, oh, it's Tim Kelly. So he was the passing game coordinator. Yeah, so he's um, probably going to want to pass the ball a little bit more. He got elevated to offensive play caller. Tajay Spears catches the ball. Uh, that offense is interesting, man. Um, I think that Derrick Henry is going to carry the rock a ton. I think Tajay Spears, in my opinion, probably has a closer comp to, like, Dontro Hilliard in his first year with the Titans, uh, the way Dontro Hilliard has some explosive games last year. Sure. Um. So I could see him having a couple of games in which he surprises people. He has a long touchdown. Yeah. Um, and that really boosts his fantasy value for like those boomer bust type of games. I think Derrick Henry is going to be an alien again. Right now, I think he's going off the board as like RB7. He's going in the second round of a lot of redraft and uh, a lot of redraft leagues in terms of like what his ADP is projected. to Right. Be. Well, I'm just saying this for all like the Derrick Henry people who are out there. The Derrick Henry stands like me who, you know, if I get an opportunity to draft him this year, I'm probably going to do it. But, you know, like I'm saying, like with his age, with some of the durability, that stuff that's happened through the years, you know, like if I want to take like I've always tried to get his handcuff. And I'm just saying if I can take a stab at a guy that I think could also get me some production throughout the year as well, you know, like if I get like a bad bye week or something, and you know, I have to play two running backs. I don't know. Like I might be OK playing Tajay with D. Honey. So right now, actually, uh, D. Honey is going off the board, kind of like I mentioned uh, in the middle of the second round, do you feel comfortable taking him in the first if you're picking, let's say, I don't know, end of the first round? Um, 
So let's say this. 10 team, I'm probably okay skipping on him. And, like, if I'm, like, number nine or something, I'm just going to hope my lucky stars and stripes that I get him on the uh, wraparound. Mm -hmm. But let's say, like, I'm in a 14-team league and I'm drafting 13. I'm I'm probably taking him. Yeah. If yeah, I'm in if a deep, he slides that way. If I'm in a deep league next year and I get a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor that falls to me at the end of the round, I'm absolutely smashing on that value. Bro, I don't know 100%. how I don't know how a, uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to slip that far. I think Derrick Henry might be the biggest deal of this year's draft class, if I'm being real. Probably. I mean, it's one of those things where he's going to have all the production, I'm assuming. It's just going to be one of those things where he's just swapping out every once in a while just to get not necessarily a breather, but just to get a change of pace back in there. Like, Tajay Spear runs a fucking 4-4. Like, it's just going to be a little thing, like, out there compared to Derrick Henry, who's 6'3", 240. You know, right. it's just change of pace. They have Saquon ranked as the ninth player off the board in fantasy, so essentially, like, the RB4. And they have Derrick Henry as RB7 when Derrick Henry outscored Saquon on a bad offense by 27 points, I believe, last year. Yeah, I'm... I'm assuming I'd probably take Henry over Saquon at this point if I'm going to keep it a buck. How do you think uh, DeAndre Hopkins affects Traylon Burks? I mean, it definitely doesn't make him the wide receiver one on that team anymore. Um, Far from but it. realistically, it's probably going to help a little bit with his production and probably help with his coaching as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's going to learn a shit ton. He has about the same size. So it's going to be one of those things where he's going to be able to teach him how to utilize his body a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I think that this probably, I mean, realistically, what were we thinking about Traylon Burks if he were to actually slide into the season as wide receiver one? Do you have him as a top 30? I don't necessarily. Uh, I had him borderline top 30 if he would have preserved that wide receiver one role and he didn't really have much for target competition. Right. Just because the ball's got to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I was probably thinking like 32. He would be like a poor man's uh, Debo Samuel, Yeah, in my opinion. So, I mean, right now I'm assuming he's – I would I would like to see him, you know, like probably like top 45. Mm-hmm. You know, I think top 45 would be okay for him. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know. I Let's, let's see how it goes, man. I mean, it's going to be his second year. He's hopefully going to come into this year, you know, obviously not having those lung issues that he did with his asthma coming into the yeah. league. Hopefully he's in better shape and, this year. you know, he won't hopefully go through some of those nagging injuries that he had, you know. Mm-hmm. So if he's able to stay healthy, stay clean, and stay in the game, I think this guy's going to be good. Like, give him his opportunity. It's just one of those things that where I'm assuming Ryan Tannehill, if he's still a quarterback, he's – He's just going to throw it to Hopkins because he knows that Hopkins can go up and make a play whenever. The wide receiver, too, in this Titans offense has just historically never really done much. No, it hasn't. I mean, you look at Bobby Trees, he never really did much. Bobby Trees, you look at Julio Jones the year before that. Well, it's especially older wide receivers, too. Like, whenever they go there, they just don't do much. Not at all, man. It's, like, kind of disappointing, too. Um, And so when I look at Traylon Burks this year, I think it's going to be great for his long-term development. I think that this is a great opportunity for him to go ahead and see more of that, you know, DB2 one-on-one coverage in which he should be able to exploit. If he can't make big plays happen this year, I would be extremely worried about his long-term dynasty value. Yeah. I'd be very worried. I think this is a make-or-break year in, in terms of he needs to show something. He definitely does. And honestly, I won't lie. I'm happy that I got off from this offseason. I mean, it 
you never know, especially, you know, if you do get a vet in there that's able to teach him a thing or two. Last year, I mean, he had Robert Woods, who I'm just, I'm going to call it a buck. They kind of play different positions when it comes to the offense. Yeah. And so if you have someone like D-Hop come in there, like I said, teach him a couple things. You know, he might he might turn into something great. Who knows? I mean, he has all the physicality that you need. He has... You know, he, he's a good wide receiver when it comes down to it. It's just how is he going to be elite? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you get to be a great NFL is be elite. Right now, he has all the good traits. How are you going to be elite, bud? And that's up to him. It is. And I think that he's going to show out. He's going to do what he always does at 6'1", 214. He's still that great size to play an X. He's 31 years old, so obviously he's probably towards the end of his career. Uh, but in terms of target share last year, he was fourth in the NFL amongst receivers. He was eighth in terms of targets, uh, target rate, which is essentially targets per route run. Is this D-Hop? Or? This is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was second in the league in air yard share. So that air yard share is essentially the distance of targets. And that just are all stats to show that he has the potential to go ahead and handle a large workload, which I think with him having a history with Mike Vrabel uh, from Vrabel's time in Houston, uh, I think that he's going to go ahead and favor Hop and uh, have trust that he can go out there and make big plays happen when they need big plays on third down. Oh no doubt, yeah, I think I think that D Hop he's definitely to be he's going to be peppered with targets. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. And another good stat for you fantasy players, which is everyone listening, uh, Hop was number nine amongst receivers in fantasy points per game. Uh, in the games in which Hop, Hop did play, he averaged sixteen point nine fantasy points per game. Uh, which once again made him a top 10 receiver when active, when healthy, when playing. Uh, so he's somebody that I think is going to be an amazing steal next year. If you're in a league in which you might you may be making a push for a championship, let's say in Dynasty, I ain't going to hate on you if you want to go out there and trade for D-Hop for cheap, give up a second or a third round pick, and have a guy who can go out there and serve as like a nice wide receiver too for you, uh, potentially playing in like your flex spot while you go ahead and make a push for a Shiva, for a trophy, for dubs. Uh, but that all in all brings us back to Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, he has his predecessor in either Malik Willis and Will Levis uh, in the reins. Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's not anything overly impressive, but I do think adding hop to the receiving room helps his fantasy value. Um, so looking at uh, Tannehill going into the 2023 season, right now he's projected as the quarterback 31 going into next season so he's the 31st quarterback off the board in terms of redraft adp currently i think he's not amazing but i think he's better than qb 31 yikes yeah i mean i was gonna say like i'm definitely passing on his stock don't get me wrong but that just feels disrespectful bro yeah i mean especially i mean it probably doesn't have into the effect that they have d hop on their team now but mm-hmm. nonetheless i mean Yo, 31? Really? So, in really? In 2022, Ryan Tannehill was 23rd amongst quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. He only averaged about 13.9 because that offense had Traylon Burks and Robert Woods as like their top weapons. If he was 23rd last year and you're adding DeAndre Hopkins, who was ninth in the league in terms of fantasy points per game, in terms of routes run, all that other uh, shit to show that he's like an X receiver, a, still an elite X receiver. Uh, I think he can go from 23rd in points per game to maybe 17 or 18, uh, which would very much outperform his ADP of QB 31, which, once again, I feel like is kind of just disrespectful, bro. So you taking him in, like, 
if you have a two QB league, are you entertaining him at uh, all? Or in the super flex, I would take Ryan Tannehill for value. I would take Ryan Tannehill for value, and I would probably go ahead and I don't have like super flex rankings up right now, but if I had to guess, I'd take him somewhere after like the fifth or sixth round. Okay. Um, but in terms of one QB leagues, which I'm much more familiar with. I'm probably taking Ryan Tannehill end of the draft, um, getting them for value. And in those weeks where I might have a buy, I don't mind plugging them in and hoping that that uh, offense can go ahead and churn and, uh, you know, put points on the board. Uh, the last team we want to cover today is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. Who also have a quarterback uh, similar to Tannehill that was coming off an injury uh, and Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford finished 2022. As the 32nd best quarterback, he only played in nine of 17 games. Um, and it was a pretty bad year for that offense, man. It was that team in general was just really bad. Yeah. I mean, every person on that offense was injured. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup gone. You know, I, I mean, the list just keeps going on. I mean, they, yeah, they had to pick up Baker Mayfield off some waiver. Mm hmm. He played on a Thursday night after getting picked up on a Monday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It, it was just one of those things to where, like, they just couldn't get anyone healthy. And so, yeah, like, no doubt that he was 32nd. I mean, when he played, he was decent, but it definitely wasn't the year that he had before. So, going into this year, he's going off the board as QB 23. Uh, he's going behind Derek Carr, and he's also going behind our Packer quarterback, Jordan Love. What? For fantasy value. Jordan Love's going as QB 21 and Stafford's 23. Um, with that being said, I mean, he has Cooper Cup returning. Uh, I guess Van Jefferson's there. They have Cam Akers, Ben Skoranek, and Tyler Higby. They got Pika Nuka. Puka Nakua. Yeah, Puka Nakua. Yeah, that the offense is terrible, bro. They don't have shit for weapons. Tyler Higby. Gross. Yeah, it's a lot of mid there, bro. Cooper Cup might have a crazy season. Oh, he will. Cooper Cup might lead the league in targets. He will, unless he gets hurt again. Yeah. But I don't like Matt Stafford for fantasy this year. Uh, Cam Akers, as a running back, he's kind of just sporadic. You never really get consistent production with him. Uh, last year, he ended the year as RB35 in PPR leagues. Year before that, he was RB131. And the year before that, he was RB46. He's never really entered or ended a season as much more than like a RB4. Um, they drafted Zach Evans. This offense is just kind of uninspiring, man. Even with Sean McVay at the helm, I don't really know what to expect. Um, are you buying any of these Rams player stock outside of Cooper Cup? No, absolutely not, dude. Like it's one of those things to where it's it, it's just toxic. Like it's gonna be one of those things to where if you were to try to get like a Van Jefferson on your team, what did he end as last year? Wide receiver ninety two. Yeah. Like, he played 11 games last year, and he was still not great. Like, mm -hmm. it was just one of those things. I don't know, man. Like, that team, like you said, it's very uninspiring, especially going into this next year. I mean, Cooper Cup, he's going to get his stuff. Don't get me wrong. He's probably going to have, like, 200 targets and with 160 catches mm -hmm. if he stays healthy. But So that's an interesting conversation because Van Jefferson probably slips into, like, that wide receiver two role that Allen Robinson was supposed to fill last year, but he obviously did not. Right. Now, with Van Jefferson stepping up and having the potential to be the wide receiver two in this Los Angeles Rams offense, I mean, naturally you would hope that those targets would result in fantasy production. 
Well, yeah, it's not like Allen Robinson was doing much last year to really get those targets. So I'm pretty sure he was injured most of that year. Yeah, he was just mid. So it was one of those things like, I mean, in the 11 games that Van Jefferson played in, he still just showed that he was mid as well. Would you rather have Van Jefferson or Hunter Renfro going into next year? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro now is going one spot behind uh, Van Jefferson, who currently is going off the board from what it looks like as the wide receiver, maybe wide receiver like 50 maybe? It's really bad. Uh, Van Jefferson's going off the board as the 177th player in fantasy football, which is borderline undraftable. So that kind of goes to show you, I mean, what you're getting in this Rams offense. Um, Like I said, outside of Cooper Cup, I think I'm probably staying kind of far away from the offense. Yeah, I'm I'm not about it, really. I mean, hopefully it's one of those things that where if you find yourself in a tricky situation – you know, like I don't. It's it's weird. Like I don't know when I would want to draft any of these players. Now let's talk about Cooper Cup uh, because he is important and he is going to play a big role in the team. Cooper Cup last year was third in target share, third in snap share, tenth uh, in route route uh, percentage, number one in fantasy points per game, which is the all important stat for fantasy football. When active, when healthy, Cooper Cup averaged twenty two point four fantasy points per game, uh, better than Justin Jefferson when healthy. So he's someone that obviously you have to pay some attention to. Uh, Going forward into this season, Cooper Cup is the third receiver off the board going after Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. He is the fifth player going off the board in all of fantasy football. There's potential value for you. Um, I believe that he's one of those players that in your home leagues, people are probably going to pass up because of just how unenthusiastic, you know, this offense really looks. And uh, you might be able to go ahead and get this guy for value. And you could potentially walk into next season uh, with Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry both on your team. That'd be brazy, dude. Yeah. Cup's going at five and Henry's going at 17. So That's crazy. There's a world in which that could happen. And, uh, yeah, I like Cooper Cup a lot. I probably like him a little bit more than I like Jamar Chase next year, assuming health. And I like him as probably my wide receiver, too, behind Justin Jefferson. Uh, he has the potential to maybe surpass Justin Jefferson now that, you know, you add Jordan Addison and a full year of TJ Hawkinson on the Vikings. Um, but I mean, with that being said, did you have anything else on Cooper cup or any of those Rams players? No, nah, man. I mean, like you said, I, I have a lot of hype or I have a lot of hope for uh Cooper cup. I mean, who, who can't, I mean, like you said, he's going to be top five off the board mm-hmm. in most cases. I mean, unless you're in some leagues where mm-hmm. you're just super low on him. Yeah. But yeah, man, I I think it's going to be one of those years for the Rams to where we're probably not going to be talking a lot about them again. Probably going to be uh tanking for Caleb Williams, I'm assuming. But you think so? I would assume so at this point. Probably keeping in all that. They got a first round pick next year too. I maybe, maybe. We'll 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 get back on that. They They'll might trade. The they might trade some motherfuckers. It might be know. them or the Cardinals. But hey, we appreciate y'all. We'll tap in with you next week. This is Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Until next time. Peace. Get up.